not there. Not there. Well, not there either. Uh, Petunia, have you seen Larry? Nope, not yet, Bob. Uh, Bob? What are you doing in that cupboard? Looking for Larry. What? I once found him asleep in a cupboard. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not in there. Should we look in the fridge? Very funny. I wonder where he is. He has all the notes for our podcast. He took them home because he said he wanted to add some new ideas. Ah, what was I thinking? We're supposed to start in three minutes. Two minutes and 53 seconds, to be precise. We're running out of time. Oh, I know. I'll call him. Larry? Pick up the phone. I'm not here right now. You're wherever you are, but I'm not there. And I'm not here either because I'm somewhere else. So please leave a message after the beep. Wait, no, the rooster. (laughs) Wait, no, after the car horn. He's not answering. Bob, buddy, I'm here. Let's, one second. It's time to start the podcast. Where were you? Oh, never mind. We have to hurry, Larry. Let's do this. My thoughts exactly. Ten seconds. Did you bring your notes? I did, Bob. About those notes. Three, two, one, and we're live. Welcome to the Veggie Tales Podcast. We're your hosts, Larry the Cucumber. And Bob the Tomato. Today, kids, we're going to get to the bottom of a question that has puzzled millions around the globe. Toothpicks. Sharp little pointy things. Who invented them? And why? Are toothpicks a criminal conspiracy? Toothpicks? What? Was this in the notes? Here, let me see those. Larry, there's nothing written on the paper. There's just a bunch of faded blue squiggles. Yeah, that's because of the washing machine. And then the dryer faded the ink even more. If you ever want to remove ink from paper, Bob, I highly recommend using a washing machine, followed by a dryer. But it's got to be in that order. What? The notes got washed in my pants, Bob. I always do laundry on Mondays, when I remember. But you don't even wear pants. I know. It's mysterious, isn't it? Larry, you were responsible for the notes. That was your job. Yes, Bob. And I take that job very seriously. So why are you talking about toothpicks? Well, since the notes got blurred, I'm podcasting by the seat of my pants. <laughs> uh, metaphorically speaking. But... Oh, hi, Mr. Nezer. Uh, Mr. Nezer, uh, we're right in the middle of our podcast. I don't mind, Bob. You carry on with what you're doing. You're doing great. Uh... Well, we can't exactly stop in the Larry, middle. I was so surprised and impressed by what I just heard you say about sharp little pointy things. Toothpicks. It was a surprise to me, too. That I'd like you to take care of my prize potted cactus while I'm away. Oh, I'd be honored, Mr. Nezer. You can count on me. I'm taking a trip to the desert. I just love all that sand. It's so coarse and rough. Yep, deserts sure are sandy. Yes, they are. Most folks don't realize it, but deserts are just like the beach, except they don't have all that water. So you don't have to worry about sharks or sinking your tugboat. Or getting swallowed by a whale. Exactly. Well, here's my prize potted cactus. Thank you, Larry. I'll take good care of this little guy. Goodbye, Mr. Nezer. Bye-bye now. 
well, Bob. This is Mr. Nether's prize potted cactus. <laughs> and it's a beauty. You're going to have to be responsible for it. I guess it is kind of cute in a cactus sort of way. Ouch! Careful, Bob. Cacti like their space. You can't get too close to them, or they'll jab you with their sharp, pointy little things. I think they're called spines. They remind me of something. What could it be? <gasps> oh, right. Toothpicks. <sighs> of course. You know, Bob, taking care of someone's prized potted cactus is a big responsibility. What if I'm not up to the job? I'm sure you'll be fine. I don't know, Bob. I'm starting to feel pretty worried. I'm so young and inexperienced. Bob, this is a prize-potted cactus! Well, that's what Mr. Nezer said. <sighs> Mr. Nezer, he trusts me. He's put his prize possession in my hands. And I don't even have hands. I can't breathe. I need a glass of water. <sighs> I feel calmer already. Bob, pour another glass on my head. Petunia. I think it's time for a commercial break. Great idea, Bob. Today's podcast is sponsored by the International Fitness Association and the Amalgamated Union of Big Cat Trainers. Are you out of shape, unmotivated, and tired of going to a smelly gym? Why, that's me. Are you sick of the latest and greatest fitness craze? Yeah. Then you need to join the all-new Lions, Tigers, and Scares Insta Fitness Club. We'll get you in shape without a gym, without lifting weights, or walking on endless treadmills going nowhere. There's absolutely no equipment necessary. Sounds great. Sign me up. And best of all, you don't have to have any personal motivation. Take my money now. Excellent choice. Your fitness starts now. Hey, wait a second. Our lions, tigers, and other assorted big game cats will show up unannounced at all hours of the day and night to help you get into shape. What? Real lions? Huh? Membership in the Insta Fitness Club will raise your heart rate. You'll get more cardio than you ever wanted, and you'll be sweating off the pounds as you sprint through the neighborhood. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Oh, yes, you did. All Insta Fitness Club memberships are non-refundable and non-transferable. Membership privileges will be honored on all continents except for Antarctica. Trainer duties in the Arctic Circle shall be conducted by polar bears. I want to cancel my membership. Membership cancellations take four to six weeks to process, but sometimes take much, much, much longer. Call our special membership cancellation hotline at any time where you will be put on hold for hours, after which we will hang up on you. Larry, did you have to bring the cactus with you? I'm responsible for it. Besides, cacti love learning about life. And I think we're going to learn a lot here. What? Oh, hi, Dr. Flurry. That was an excellent pop. Bob, Larry, welcome to my seriously scientific balloon factory. Watch where you bounce, Bob. Uh, sorry, Dr. Flurry. No need to apologize, Bob. Here at the seriously scientific balloon factory, we take our jobs seriously. Part of our job is testing. Do you know what the two most important aspects of balloons are? No, I don't. I don't either. But I hope you'll tell us. Stretchability and popability. Let me introduce you to the manager of our stretchability department. This is Madam Blueberry. Hi, Hi Madam Blueberry. Blueberry. How wonderful to see you both. Madam Blueberry, why don't you explain to our guests the importance of stretchability? That of course. You see, Bob and Larry, balloon 
Bones cannot be constructed out of just anything. The materials you use must have the proper stretchiness. You must analyze the stretchiness. Do you understand? I think so. So, just how stretchy does stretchy material have to be for balloon stretchiness? Ah, that is the question. First, we test the bounce. Does the material bounce? Bounciness means stretchiness. For instance, a concrete block. No bounce. You see? Retry an egg. Voila! No bounce. A glass ball. You see? No bounce. What about this giant gummy bear? An excellent possibility. We drop the giant gummy bear. And it bounces. So then we move to the stretchiness. We attach a clamp to one end like so. And then another clamp to the other end like so. And then I push this button. Wow. I didn't realize gummy bears could stretch like that. Those are serious stretching skills. Ah, but then we push this other button to release the clamps and... The gummy bear does not reverse stretch. Good balloon material must bounce. It must be stretchy and it must be reverse stretchy too. So, uh, what are you going to do with the giant gummy bear? Larry! Hi, Bob. Hi, Larry. Welcome, Petunia. We're talking about responsibility on the podcast today. Yeah, and our favorite animals, of which I have many favorites. Do you know what other animal is also extremely responsible? Favorite animals? When did we start talking about favorite animals? Uh, well, yeah, I would say horses, or maybe cows. They always get the job done. No, Bob. Monkeys. Monkeys? Why, yes, monkeys are the best. They're so known for being responsible that they're celebrated around the world in story and song. In fact, Petunia, play us the monkey song. Right away, Larry. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Even if it has a monkey kind of shape. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Let's see if we can catch it on the tape. You can very plainly see if it's a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape. Look, there it goes. There it goes. I don't know. I can't tell if it's a monkey or an ape. It's very simple, Bob. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape. Oh, Larry, I'm not so sure. Ooga booga, isn't that a monkey? Ooga booga, maybe it's an ape. If it's a nickel or a salad or a pillow, if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape. If it doesn't have a tail... Not a monkey. Are you sure that's what you really mean to say? A camera has no tail. It's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape. Huh. I think there's something wrong with your logic, Larry. Well, Bob, the lady at the zoo said it. And who am I to tell her that she's wrong? If there's a tail, it's a monkey. No tail, ape. It's easy. But Larry, a kite has a tail. Then it's a monkey. A comet has a tail. It's a monkey. A bubble doesn't. Then it's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape? Exactly. I knew you'd catch on. Larry, we might need to talk about this. I don't think the lady at the zoo meant... Look, there it goes in the trees. Follow me. It's got to be a monkey or an ape. I can't believe it's true. All this time I've searched for you. Snap the picture. Take the shot. We're among the lucky few. We finally did it. Photographer, we've discovered what we're after. Let me look. Is it an ape? Larry, this is a disaster. It's a monkey. 
<clears throat> Larry, that's a cow. Not that a... was exhilarating. Let's find more. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Even if it has a monkey kind of shape. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape. Bob, Larry, we have a kid calling. Dr. Flurry, my apologies, but do you mind if we postpone the test and take this call? That's not a problem, Bob. Science is patient. And this little cactus is very patient. Let's take the call, Petunia. We love talking with kids. Her name's Maggie. She's seven years old, and she's from Chicago, Illinois. One second while I connect you. Hi, Maggie. You're live on the VeggieTales podcast with Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber. Thanks, Petunia. Hi, Bob. Hi, Larry. Hi, Hi Maggie. What can we do for you today, Maggie? Well, I just love animals. I read books about them. I draw pictures of elephants and tigers and armadillos. And I have about a zillion animal stuffies. Rabbits are probably my favorite, besides aardvarks. And rabbits are great hoppers, too. But they don't lay eggs. A lot of people think they lay eggs. Of course they don't lay eggs, silly. Only birds and things like turtles lay eggs. So, do you have a question about animals, Maggie? Not exactly. I know all about animals. It's more about a question I want to ask my mom and dad. And what's that? I want to ask them if I can have a pet, but I'm totally nervous about it. I've never had a pet before, and I'm only seven years old. What if they say no? What if they say it's too much respon... What's that word? Responsibility. It's a big, important word, and I know a lot about it. Yeah, responsibility. I don't know if mom and dad think I have enough responsibility-ness, but it will make me sad if they say no. I'd love to have a hamster or even a rabbit. Rabs are so cute and cuddly. Well, Maggie, being responsible means you take your job seriously and do it well. So if you were responsible for a rabbit, that means, well, I guess that means you'd make sure it had food and water and a nice clean place to live and that you keep it healthy. I can do all that. I bet you could. But that decision is up to your parents, because they also have to be responsible about being your mom and dad. So you'll just have to ask them and see what they say. Why don't you start with that? I'll ask them today. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Larry. Bye, Maggie. Thanks for calling. You know, Larry, being responsible as a kid means being a kid to the best of your kid abilities. And one part of a kid's job is asking mom and dad permission when necessary. Such as asking for a pet rabbit. Or going over to a friend's house to play. Or having another scoop of chocolate chip ice cream for dessert. Or staying up late to read a great book in bed. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Or asking your father and mother if you can convert the garage into a laboratory, complete with a motorized lift, tools, and a welding rig in order to build a pancake-flipping robot. Cool! I was eight years old. Let me tell you, my father was surprised when the robot made us breakfast. Yeah, speaking of surprises... I have a very special surprise I'd like to show you. Wait, you built a pancake-flipping robot when you were a kid? Of course. Now, allow me to show you this. Is that... That's a... Yes, that is the Flurry Thermodynamic 5000 Deluxe. Or, to put it more simply, our best and biggest hot air balloon. Oh, no way! This is the largest balloon that the Seriously Scientific Balloon Factory kindly makes. 
It has a cruising altitude of 15,000 feet and can carry up to 600 pounds weight in its wicker gondola, along with its fuel load, burners, sandbags for ballast, various scientific instruments, and a small refrigerator for snacks and drinks. This is incredible, Dr. Flurry. I've never been this close to a real hot air balloon before. Me neither. I've only seen them floating in the sky. Way up there. Then you're both in for a scientific treat. The gondola, or basket as some people call it, that hangs beneath the balloon has a door in the side. Let's go in so you can take a closer look. Oh boy, Bob. This is the best podcast ever. Little cactus buddy, are you seeing all of this? This gondola is surprisingly roomy. Bob, if you could press the big blue button on the instrument panel. This one? No, the other big blue button. Got it. That opens the roof above us. Sunshine and blue sky. You could use some sunshine, little cactus, couldn't you? Next, Bob, please press the big red button. This one? No, the other big red button. Got it. Done. Excellent. That button fires up the super burners and they rapidly fills the balloon itself with heat, causing it to expand due to the hot air being lighter than the surrounding air, thus determining lift. Fascinating. That sounds very scientific to me, Dr. Flurry, but I'm sure you know what you're talking about. That is my job, Bob. In a matter of seconds, the balloon will achieve positive buoyancy, and we will begin a rapid ascent into the atmosphere. Now, if you would be so kind, please pull down the lever. That will release us from the dock. Got it. Wait, what? Did you say our ascent into the atmosphere? I think Dr. Flurry said rapid ascent. Flurry, we're going up. <laughs> Bob, we're floating. We're flying. We're in the sky, Bob. We're in the sky. There's no need to worry, my friends. I designed this hot air balloon to be perfectly safe. And I know all there is to know about handling such a balloon in the air. I've done it many times. I take my responsibility very seriously. Let me assure you. Sorry, Dr. Flurry. It's just that, you know, I, I've never been up in a hot air balloon before. <laughs> I wasn't worried. Well, maybe I was a little worried. I was concerned about the little cactus. I don't think he's been in a hot air balloon before. Have you, little cactus? Larry, cactuses don't talk. The plural of cactus is cacti. I know he can't talk, Bob, but I'm sure he knows what's going on. Look, he seems very calm. I think he enjoys this. Flying in a hot air balloon is an enjoyable way to travel. We have a wonderful view from up here. We can see all of Bumbleyburg. Bob, I can see our podcast studio. Wow, you're right, Larry. Let's see. There's a light wind of three knots blowing from the west, so with an extra blast from our burners, I can guide the balloon right where we want to go. I'm sure glad you know what you're doing, Dr. Flurry. He's a responsible guy, Bob. Thank you, Larry. You see, being responsible simply means doing your best with whatever God gives you. God gives all of us different opportunities in our lives. He wants us to take those opportunities and use them well. For me, he's given me a scientific mind, and I've used that to make inventions such as this balloon. For you, Bob and Larry, he's given you a podcast. And I must say, you're doing a wonderful job with interesting discussions and marvelous guests. Thanks, Dr. Flurry. Sometimes I forget that responsibility is a gift from God. And speaking of marvelous guests, 
Petunia is on the line with Mr. Lunt, our animal translator. Hello? Hi, Hi Mr. Lunt. Bob, Larry, good to hear your voices. Where are you calling from today, Mr. Lunt? Well, I was in Seattle yesterday. It was all cold and rainy, and I said to myself, why don't I go someplace with different weather? So now I'm in the Sahara Desert. Wow. Is uh, there a lot of sand? Lots and lots. I imagine there's not much rain in the Sahara. Not right now. It's hot and sunny. I'm sure glad I brought some sunblock. I'm here with my good friend Melvin. He's a camel. Hey, say hi, Melvin. <laughs> Melvin says he likes your podcast. Gee, thanks, Melvin. <laughs> he says it hardly ever rains here. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's amazing, Melvin. I didn't know that. Melvin says God gave camels all kinds of special skills to survive in the desert. Wow, that's incredible, Melvin. He says he can go for 10 days without drinking water. That way, he can travel all over the Sahara carrying things. Camels are like the work trucks of the desert. That's very impressive, Melvin. You must be one of the hardest workers around. That's a camel's job, and he takes his job seriously. Very seriously. He says it's his responsibility. Are there cacti in the Sahara? I'm asking for a little friend of mine. He says no, but there are plenty of yummy thorns and thistles. Well, Melvin says we gotta go. We're taking a load of dates to Egypt, and he doesn't want to be late. Thanks for talking with us. Bye, Mr. Lunt. Bye, Melvin. Bye, Larry. Goodbye, Bob. That was a fascinating conversation. Uh-oh. What's happening? Oh, our little potted cactus friend has just done what cacti do. And what's that? It has popped the balloon with one of its perfectly designed little spines. But the balloon is what's keeping us in the air. Bob, that is a good point. This is not the time for puns, Larry. We're going to crash. Don't worry, Bob. We're not going to crash. Part of my responsibility as a hot air balloon inventor is to design a balloon and gondola that can safely survive emergencies. Such as a little potted cactus popping the balloon? Exactly, Larry. I can control our rapid rate of descent with careful use of our burner, altering the temperature of the balloon's inner air, and also partially refilling it as it deflates. But we're going down! Yes, we are! Hang on, little cactus! I've got ya! Are... are we still alive? Of course. If I may say so, we made an excellent landing in a conveniently situated pond. I'm very pleased to have tested the balloon's emergency landing capabilities, so thank you, Bob and Larry, for this opportunity. This is scientific progress. You can thank Little Cactus for that, Dr. Flurry. We're alive. We're on the ground. We're, we're safe and sound. And Little Cactus is safe, too. You know what, Bob? I was able to take care of Mr. Nezzer's cactus, even in an emergency crash landing. Am I responsible or what? You're very responsible, Larry. Extremely responsible. I'm impressed with how you protected that little potted cactus during our rapid descent. Gee, thanks, Dr. Flurry. Well, I think that's our show today. So remember, God made you special. And he loves you very much. Goodbye. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>